Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary. I'm Father Reed. This week, we are going to study the sixth Sunday of Easter. How did we get here? Well, we began long time ago in the season of Advent. And in the season of Advent, we start a new church calendar year. And usually Advent's at the end of November and the beginning or the beginning of December. And there are four weeks until we get to Christmas Day where we celebrate the birth of the Messiah, Jesus. Then there's usually one or two Sundays of Christmas, Christmas one, Christmas two, followed by the Epiphany. Now Jesus grows up and he begins to proclaim his message. And in Epiphany, he is appearing. And of course, the great Epiphany story is the gift of the Magi, where they come to him and present gold, frankincense, and myrrh. At the end of the season of Epiphany, we celebrate Ash Wednesday and the beginning of Lent. And that begins our season of Lent. We have five Sundays in Lent, followed by Holy Week. And at the end of Holy Week, we celebrate Good Friday, the death of Jesus, Holy Saturday, the burial of Jesus, and Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus. So on Easter Sunday, we celebrate Christ's resurrection from the dead. The following week is called the second Sunday of Easter, and that is followed by several Sundays, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. So this week, we're going to look at the week of the sixth Sunday of Easter, then the seventh Sunday of Easter. And I'll say more about the seventh Sunday, of course, next week. In the sixth Sunday of Easter, we are looking at Leviticus in the Old Testament, 2 Kings, Daniel, 1 Samuel, and Numbers. Now, as you can see on your program and on the posts that are listed there, we list the scriptures for you, we always begin on Sunday and we end on Saturday. We begin on Sunday and we end on Saturday. And you'll see in the Old Testament, it's very eclectic. There's not one text or one book of the Bible that we're looking at, but we're looking at several books of the Bible and several specific passages. And I'll review those with you. Followed by the New Testament. And in the New Testament, there's several different scriptures. Although it seems like uh, Ephesians on Wednesday, Ephesians on Friday and Saturday, Uh, are the scriptures that uh, tend to be a little bit common to each other. And we have James that we'll be looking at. We'll have a scripture from Colossians and 1 Timothy. You'll notice that we have the eve of the ascension on Wednesday and ascension day on Thursday. Now, why is that? Because in the sixth Sunday of Easter, at the end of the week, Thursday, we celebrate the ascension of Christ. Jesus ascends into heaven. After 40 days after his resurrection, he ascends. Ten days later, we have the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. 50 days. Penta, 50. And so Jesus only sticks around for 40 days. And that 40 days and 40 nights is a very famous uh, number in the Bible, going all the way back to Moses. In the New Testament gospel, we'll be looking at Matthew 13, Matthew 22, Matthew 28, Matthew 7, and Matthew 7. So it's very collected. It's not following its usual uh, systematic uh, chapter 5, verse 20 to 25, and then chapter 5, verse 26 to 33. It's not sequential. So there's a lot of eclectic reading this week and next, 
And so uh, this gives you an opportunity to learn some different scriptures or scriptures that you know before. And they're really highlighting this movement toward the Holy Spirit and Pentecost, the movement toward the ascension of Christ. Uh, and then he's going to ascend into heaven and he's going to be seated at the right hand of the Father, which is where he is now. He's seated on the right of the Father. We call that his session. His session. He is seated. All right. Let's begin. And I will just briefly go over these with you. Uh, like I said, there's no sequential order this time. And so I'll just basically run through these. And again, I hope that you enjoy the scriptures for this week and prayerfully uh, read them, think about them, reflect upon them. Uh, you perhaps might do a little bit of commentary work, or if you have a study Bible, there's a lot of good study Bibles out there now, uh, you will uh, do some reading at the bottom of your Bible where it has some notes for you that might set the passage in better context. Chapter uh, Leviticus chapter uh, 25 talks about the sabbatical year and the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee. And so what God is doing in Leviticus besides setting up a sacrificial system for them, he's also sharing how he wants them to worship, how he wants them to celebrate, what are the key feasts and fasts. In many liturgical churches like the Episcopal Church, Anglican Church, Roman Catholic Church, uh, Orthodox Church, there are, there are traditional dates that we, um, that we celebrate um, certain things like Christmas Day, Easter Day, Pentecost, All Saints Day, we celebrate Epiphany, we celebrate particular feasts, particular remembrances of something very important happening in the Christian faith. And so God wants them to celebrate certain things. So he's going to lay this out for them and he expects them to follow that. We see that in Leviticus 25 and we, you see that on your post for Sunday and Monday. On Tuesday, we have Leviticus 26 where he has rewards for obedience. Now, I love this, because this is really clear. Verse 3, If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you rain in its season, the ground will yield its crops, and the trees of the field their fruit. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest, and the grape harvest will continue until planting, and you will eat all the food you want and live safely in your land. I will grant you peace in the land. And he goes on and on, and he says, Now, if you will... Do what I ask you to do. If you will follow my commands and my ordinances and my rules, I am going to bless you. I am going to bless your life. And he does that through the 13 verses in Leviticus. 13 verses in Leviticus. Now, this is also happens in Deuteronomy 28, by the way. But then he says, from verses 14 to 46, 1445, he has the punishment for disobedience. Now, it's interesting there are far more words about disobedience than obedience. But if you do not listen to me, verse 14, and you do not carry out my commands, and if you reject my good decrees and abhor my, abhor my laws and fail to carry out all my commands and so violate my covenant, then I will do this to you. As I've often said in my preaching and teaching, here are the things the Lord wants you to do, and here are the consequences of that, the rewards, the blessings. Here are the things that God does not want you to do. And he lays it out very clearly. And here are the consequences. So what I love about Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Exodus, Genesis, the books of the Bible, is in many and varied ways, God says, 
here's what I want. Here's what you are to do. Here are the rewards for doing it. Here's what I don't want you to do and why. And here's what's going to happen if you don't do it. And you just read through that. It's very, very good reading. This is chapter 26 on Tuesday and Wednesday, all the way to verse 42. Okay? Verse 42. I'll read verse 42 to end it. I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Genesis. And I will remember the land. I'm going to remember what I said. I'm going to remember what I promised to you. So you need to confess your sins. You need to do what I ask you to do. And I think that's still true for us today. 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. 1 through 15, as you see on your um, post. And this is the eve of the ascension. The ascension being on Thursday. And the eve would be on Wednesday. So there's a second set of readings on Wednesday. And it has to do with Elijah, the great prophet, oral prophet Elijah. He didn't write anything down. Written oral prophet. Taken up into heaven. Taken up into heaven. Verse 11, chapter 2, 2 Kings. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Wow. Of course, this anticipates Christ's resurrection, uh, ascension, I'm sorry, his ascension. Uh, I'm thinking of Ezekiel 37 that anticipates the resurrection, and I, first King, Second Kings chapter 2 that anticipates his ascension. On Ascension Day, we have the famous passage from Daniel chapter 7, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Daniel chapter 7, 9 to 14. Throne set in place, the Ancient of Days takes his seat. This is God. His clothing was as white as snow, and the hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and the wheels were all set ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. In verse 13, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power from the Ancient of Days to this son of man. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. Philippians chapter 2, 10 and 11. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The ultimate authority in all of history, Jesus Christ. Phenomenal text. On Friday, 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10, back. You know, doing this lectionary is a wonderful way to learn the books of the Bible and to uh, and to read the Bible and to get a feel for the Bible and get a feel for what God is doing from Genesis to Revelation. It's really wonderful. First uh, Samuel chapter 2 is about Hannah, who has a child named Samuel, and she, th- she was barren. She asked the Lord for help, and the Lord provided the help, and she is praising the Lord. Nothing like a great poetic, beautiful passage of praising the Lord. Verse 2, for example, there was no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock rock like our God. So the praise of the Lord, the worship of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. 
And then finally on Saturday, Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. So we're covering quite a bit of information today, as I said earlier when we started. Numbers chapter 11, 16 and 17, and 24 and 29. Bring me 70 of Israel's elders, verse 16, who are known to you as leaders and officials. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there. I will take of the spirit that is on you and put the spirit on them. And so the spirit of God moves on these folks. Uh, We see that in verse 25, the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him and he took on the spirit that was on him and put the spirit on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. So when the power of the Lord comes to you, again, what did I say to you earlier about the coming of the spirit? And then the ascension of Jesus. So we see the ascension of Jesus in Elijah, 2 Kings chapter 2, 1 to 15. And we see the coming of the Son of Man uh, before the Ancient uh, of Days in Daniel 7. And then we have uh, the praise of the Lord in 1 Samuel 2. But then in Numbers 11, the coming of the Holy Spirit, which we'll see in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Great readings from the Old Testament this week. James chapter 1. On Sunday, we go now to the New Testament, and we look at James chapter 1, 2 to 8 on your post, 16 to 18. Chapter 1, 2 through 8, talking about trials, faith developing perseverance, uh, continuing on in the faith. 16 to 18, don't be deceived, my brothers. Every perfect and good gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. The permanence of God, the patience of God, the love of God, the power of God, we can trust him. We can um, put our trust and our faith in him. Much like Hannah praises the Lord for giving her a child in um, 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1 through 10. Colossians chapter 1, 9 to 14, another reading from Paul to the Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, 9 to 14. That first chapter is really, really, really good. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, verse 9, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Love 9 to 14. And my prayer for all of us is that God would give us knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. We need, we need to know what it is he's saying so that we can do it. But we have to have the knowledge of his will. We have to have spiritual wisdom. We also have to have spiritual understanding. And then he continues on about the way that God speaks to us and the way God blesses us. And it's really a wonderful prayer for all of us uh, in terms of following the Lord and thanking the Lord in a very significant way. 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 6. 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 6, as you're on your post, that will be on Tuesday. He says, verse 3, this is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. I pray that all of us will come to a knowledge of the truth that's contained in Christ. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, God and men, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all men. We want to know Christ. We want to follow Christ. We want to all to be saved. We want them to come to the knowledge of the truth that's in Christ. This is why the lectionary readings that you do on a regular basis are so important so that you will gain knowledge of the Lord 
in your daily reading. I know that you take that very, very, very seriously. Ephesians 1, 1 through 10 is very much like Colossians uh, chapter 1 that you just read um, a couple of days ago. Uh, Ephesians 1, 1 through 10. Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Everything that you need in your life spiritually is done in Christ. It's all been done. There's nothing more that needs to be done. He did it all. He did it all. And in this glorious uh, chapter, 1 through 10, beautiful. Let's, um, uh, let me read one more verse. He chose us in him, verse 4, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You and I are to live holy and blameless lives. We are to live godly lives. We are to point to Christ. We are to live in the kingdom of God and do what he says. We are to listen to him. We are to pray. We are to do his will. On Wednesday afternoon, you see on the eve of ascension, you see Revelation 5, 1 to 14. Now, Revelation 5 is a wonderful text. Of course, Revelation is the last book of the Bible. It's a wonderful text about prayer, praise to the Lord. Praise to the Lord. I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice. Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? And then the lion of the tribe of Judah, verse 5, the root of David, has triumphed. And we are going to praise him. We are going to worship him. And verse 12, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then they, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. So there's a wonderful worship and praise of God on this eve of ascension. On Ascension Day, we have Hebrews 2, 5 to 18. He, the great book of Hebrews, chapter 2, 5 to 18. And so Jesus, uh, very much an Old Testament book, very much a Jewish book, trying to show the superiority of Christ over uh, all the great figures of the Old Testament. We see Jesus, verse 9 of chapter 2, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory. See, he's ascended to heaven, seated at the right hand of God, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. See, we want people to know Christ because he died for our sins so that we can have eternal life and be with him forever. Beautiful scripture, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, 5 to 18. Please enjoy that scripture. Because he himself, verse 18, suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. You and I are constantly tempted. Who can help us better than Jesus? Hebrews 2, 18. Who can help us better than Jesus? We go back to Ephesians with chapter 2. Remember I said that Ephesians was uh, more prominent in this uh, week than uh, another series of scriptures, quite eclectic, but Hebrews, uh, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, and then he, uh, Ephesians 2, 11 to 22 on, these are the scriptures for Friday and Saturday, as you see on your post, to be made alive in Christ, what Christ has done for us, the famous verse in verse 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. We are God's workmanship. 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Good works, created in Christ Jesus, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Beautiful. Then we talk about being one with Christ in that last section. That whole chapter, chapter 2, is just fabulous. So you'll be looking at the first half of uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and all of chapter 2 talks about the exaltation of Christ, how important Christ is, how Christ brings us together, and how Christ in verse 20 is the chief cornerstone. Enjoy those scriptures, please. We now turn to Matthew 13. Matthew 13 is a very important chapter in the Bible because it's dealing with the parables, the parables of Jesus. So far, we haven't heard any parables. Now he's going to share with us several parables, and they're quite famous, to say the least. The parable of the sower in verses 1 through 16, we have Jesus explaining, the, uh, sharing the parable, and then he talks about the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven and uh, why people see and why people don't see. And then in the second half of that, uh, in chapter 13, 18 to 23, he explains the parable. There are four soils. Three of the soils, the seed doesn't do very well. The seed is the word of God. The fourth soil is the good soil. Verse 23, the interpretation. But what was sown on good soil is the man who hears the word, understands it, produces a crop, yields 160 or 30 times what was sown. Now, this is my prayer for us in the daily lectionary series that we do every week. And we are so glad that you are inviting us into your lives to listen to this. We're praying that the word of God will fall in your life and mine on good soil, that it produce a crop that it yield 160 or 30 times what was sown. That it did not fall on hard ground. It did not fall on the thorns. It did not fall on rocky soil. Kind of did well for a while, but choked by the weeds or too shallow or hard ground where the birds came and ate it up. So my prayer for all of us is we would hear the word of God when it goes forth. Matthew 22, 41 to 46. Matthew 22, 41 to 46. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? The son of David. How is it that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? And then he quotes, um, he quotes Psalm 110, verse 1. And so we're in a situation on Wednesday where we have a scripture where the Pharisees and Jesus are arguing again. Remember, I've talked about that quite a few times before. In Matthew 28, on Ascension Day, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus, and he tells us to go and preach the gospel to the ends of the earth and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's what we're called to do. In Matthew 7, we have the ending of the Sermon of the Mount. Then we go back to the end of the Sermon of the Mount. Remember, that's in 5, 6, and 7. Verse 22 has to do with not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only who does the only the person that does the will of my Father. Many will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me. And then he gives us the picture of the wise and the foolish builders followed by the man healed with the leprosy as we start back into uh, Matthew chapter 8 with a healing. Well, we have covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. So I 
pray for you, pray for me, that we will take the time uh, in the sixth week of Easter to listen to the word of the Lord, let it fall on good soil, and may it produce a great harvest for us all. God bless you. Have a wonderful week of reading the Holy Scriptures from the Daily Lectionary. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you.